19th of May, 1979, <clears throat> it was the Girls' Brigade weekend. It was an intense evening. The Girls' Brigade were away in Portrush, and the youth club decided that they would go and visit them. So we came for the bus, and my friend, now ministering in North Belfast, missed the bus. And I was on the bus on my own. It was okay, but just not as comfortable as you would normally be uh, if you're uh, on the bus with your best mate. Anyway, we went, and the night recovered. It was a good night. Barry's, it was uh, sunny. All kinds of good things were happening. And then we came to go back home. My mate had brought his car by this stage because he'd missed the bus. Obviously, he couldn't get the car onto the bus, so I'm on my own on the way back to Balamina, 30 miles. And for 30 miles, I kid you not, for 30 miles, I gazed up at a clear, clear June sky and all these stars twinkling down and I asked this question over and over in my head. Did somebody make those? Does God exist? Do I want to be part of that? Or do I want to follow this idea that I've had since I was about six? That there is no God. 30 miles. That if my best mate had been there, I wouldn't have had to have thought about. But on and on, these stars flashed down at me. Now, of course, if God was a bit, a bit more explicit in his art than he is, he would have put John 3.16 across the sky and stars and I would have got it right there. But it was just these stars, the incredible transcendent beauty of them. Got out of the van, bus, whew, when the wind hits you, clears away any of your dilemmas and I was on my way home without the intensity of those spiritual questions that I was asking. 100 yards from Harryville Bridge. Now, if you know Balamina, if you can get to Harryville Bridge from Harryville Church, you're into the one-way system, you're away. 100 yards from Harryville Bridge, car pulls in. GB captain, who was sick and couldn't go away on this particular weekend, who was also the youth club leader. Get in, I'll give you a lift. No, 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 no. Sure, I'm just, you know, 100 yards from Harryville Bridge. I'll, I'll be around the corner. No, 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 get in. Give, let me give you a lift. No, I'm just... Get in. So reluctantly, and I got... We leave a couple other people home, and we're on our way to my house, and this youth club leader turns to me and says, So, uh, you're thinking of becoming a Christian then? Hello. What is going on here? What? is going down. You see, six weeks previously at the GB display, I looked across the row that I was sitting in and everybody else in the row were Christians, except me. They were good friends. And so as I looked across the row at them, I thought, now, are they bonkers? Or does the God they believe in exist? So I went home and I said, Barry Maguire does this, so I'm 
paraphrasing his story as well as mine, Barry Maguire the singer, I went home and I sort of said to God, God, if you're not there, I don't want to know. But if you are there, could you speak to me? Now, if he wasn't there, obviously, not much chance. Anyway, um, so this is six weeks previous. And these are the events of this night. And there's this intensity bearing down on this little Balamina boy, which seems to be suggesting to me, not only does this God exist, but he seems to want to connect with me. Whoa. So as soon as I got out of the car after a lot of conversation about how people would know that I was thinking about these things, particularly in the half-hour journey I've just had from Port Rush, I went in, put my arms in the air and said, okay, God, okay, okay, I'll follow. Where are we going? Now, the Northern Ireland Gospel is done and dusted right there. Stockman's made a decision. He's prayed the prayer he's in. Sure, we can all relax now. Sadly, the reality of it for me was quite the opposite. Before that, life was pretty easy going. I remember in sixth form, we were having a discussion in English. And I was saying how if I wanted to kick the cat, I could kick the cat. Because there was nobody telling me what to do because I ran my own life. It was really easy. But now that I've connected with this God who made the stars suddenly things became a lot less easy. But the Northern Ireland Gospel was done. But then the Northern Ireland Gospel's not the Gospel. It's only a shrunk version of it. My ambitions were not to actually that night, I had no fear that night of burning in some fiery place. Hell for me was not the issue. The issue for me was those stars. Should I connect with the God that put those stars in place? Was that a possibility? Did Jesus die to tear the curtain in two between me and this God so that I could connect with this God? My ambitions at that stage of my life, I was 17, were twofold. I needed answers to all the questions that the pop star gods around me were singing about. All you need is love. We need an alternative Ulster. Um, imagine a world that will be as one. Oh, they were all my gods with a small G, probably with a capital G for a long time. And they were certainly saying something that deep in the core of me was saying, That's, I, I want that. I want that alternative. I want that world. I want a world that's different than the world I'm obviously seeing around me. But they're not giving me the answers. Yeah, they're raising a lot of the questions. But is there anywhere I can go to look for answers? Jesus in that night gave me some kind of source for answers to a better world. And, as I've just said, I was completely flipped out with the idea that God and I could engage. So for me, that was a beginning. Born again, if you like. But it was just a beginning. 
And if we look at today's passage, (coughs) excuse me, that Jonathan has read to us, we see that Peter knew that whatever happened to him, and we'll come to that in a minute, was just a beginning. His divine power in verse 3 has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these he has given to us his very great precious promises so that through them, listen to this, through God's divine power and his promises, we may participate in the divine nature. Having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. There's the two things that I was looking for. I was looking for some connection with the divine and some way to change and escape the seemingly evil desires are not the way it's meant to be shape the world was in. What about Peter who wrote these words? What's his testimony? When did Peter cross the Northern Ireland gospel line? Was it when Andrew came back and said to him, Peter, you're not going to believe it. Was out there with John the Baptist and he looked at this guy coming across the horizon and he said, behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. It's the Messiah, Peter. Are you going to commit? Was it when Jesus walked along the seashore and said, Peter, follow me. Was it when Jesus took the boat back out? You remember? Peter's not catching much. Fills the nets. And Peter knows it's not a fishing tactic. Peter knows it's so much more than that. Is that the moment? Was it at that moment where he's teaching them to pray and he says, who do the crowds say that I am? And then he looked at Peter and James and John. He said, but you, who do you say that I am? The Christ of God, Peter said. Is that the moment? Or is it that moment when the cock crows and Peter realizes that Jesus was right again and they'd have betrayed him? Or was it when he saw the empty tomb? Or was it when the Holy Spirit came at Pentecost? Which moment was my 19th of May? Jesus seemed to be into something bigger than moments. He was into lifestyle, eternal changes. But for Peter, he knew that somewhere along in this journey, that everything had suddenly changed. And that he now was about being involved in the divine nature. Escaping the corruption of the world around him. I've always wanted to do it. And I maybe said this to you before. But uh, I always wanted to do it where I would use this screen profitably. But I'm not uh, artistic in that way. I'd love to have a kind of a, a computer screen where you would have all those sort of icons across the top and then I would say to you, right, what of these icons do you press to get into the kingdom? And immediately you would all put your hand up and say, grace. So I would say, okay, let's press that grace icon and see what happens. And you press the grace icon and straight away 
Up comes all the things that Jesus said to people as he asked for their commitment. Not always the same thing. For Peter it was literally, follow me. For Nicodemus it was, you must be born again. For the rich young ruler it was, that's great, you're living a great life, but sell all you have and give it to the poor. All the different things that make up what this is that we've got ourselves involved in because of God seeking us out as he was doing that night when he made my life a bit miserable on the way back from Port Rush. It's all about engaging with a God who wants us to share in the divine nature so that we might not only escape but make an impression in a fallen world. And of course, we discover here in this passage that we've read that we don't do that. Wasn't Steve Stockman thinking through things cleverly that got him to God? Far from it. When I was six, I think I've told you this, when I was six, I was waiting for the football on a Sunday afternoon. There was only at that stage in the olden times one program before the football on a Sunday afternoon. And it was some interview program. I don't really know what it was, but... The last question before the football, which would be the only one I would have switched the TV on for, the guy said to the other guy, do you believe in God? And I thought, do you believe in God? Oh, that's an interesting question. I was six or seven, we moved house when I was seven, and it was before we moved house. And so I decided, no, I don't. Now, in the Northern Ireland way we look at the gospel, 19th of May might have been the moment that I let God into my life. But I'd love to know the date of that Sunday morning. Because that was God crashing into mine. Even for nine or ten years of atheism. I would not have considered God any time in those next ten years. Had I not been asked that question. So it's not us that comes to our conclusions that lets God in. Because as we've read in Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 3, his divine power, through these he has given us his very great and precious promises. In Second Peter we see that Peter is aware his whole life long that none of this is from himself, that it comes from this grace of God. To do what? To connect with the divine nature did you feel that this morning you you connected with the divine nature I'm looking out at a people who share the divine nature no 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 you're not gods you share the divine nature Jesus is making you into someone like himself the God who created the stars that caused my dilemma the power of that God is with you and in you and around you, as St. Patrick so wonderfully put it. Do we believe that? Is that our experience? That we're sharing in the divine nature? Since the young man, Jonathan Abernethy Barkby, came to us, some have 
decided to call him Jonathan Livingston Seagull. It's the other double-barreled Jonathan. And so I thought, yeah, there's a gull, a seagull, that expresses this in some way. If you read the book, there's a part where it says, most gulls don't bother to learn more than the simplest facts of flight. How to get from shore to food and back again. For most gulls, it is not flying that matters, but eating. But Jonathan Livingston Seagull wanted to fly. Here's a gull that wants more than the average life. More than being corrupted by an evil, maybe, just going through the motion. His father sees something and doesn't like it. His father says to him, see here, Jonathan, winter isn't far away. Boats will be few and the surface fish will be swimming deep. If you must study, then study food and how to get it. This flying business is all very well, but you can't eat glide, you know. Don't you forget that the reason you fly is to eat. Jonathan's not sure about that. And so Jonathan Livingston Seagull sets off to find the fulfillment of seagulls. What is it to be a seagull in all its fullness? And he goes up into the skies and he finds out how to fly like no other gull has ever flown. And he says, how much more there is now to living? Instead of our drab slogging forth and back to the fishing boats, there's reason to life. We can lift ourselves out of ignorance. We can find ourselves as creatures of excellence and intelligence and skill. We can be free. We can learn to fly. That was me, 17. I don't want to just follow the eating thing or the getting the next paycheck thing or the next career, but there must be something more than that. And so that night, God connected me with the divine nature. As Peter has been connected in Second Peter with the divine nature. That we somehow can sense a life transcendent. Now, very quickly, um, and we might come to a, a practical outworking of this next week. What are our wings? What are the things? Jonathan went up and he worked out feathers and wings and into wind and all that kind of stuff before he could fly to its full potential. What about us? What are the things that are going to make us the way God made us to be? Because if we, if we, what basically we're saying here is a very simple version of a much bigger gospel. That the world we live in is flawed and that God's interested in us uh, fighting against that empire to bring another kingdom. From Genesis right through to Revelation, it seems to be about this difference of another kingdom. It's about us living the way we were designed to live in the, the garden right there before it all went astray. So what are the things? Well, we're told, make every effort to add to your faith, goodness, good character, Eugene Peterson calls it. To goodness, knowledge, spiritual understanding, Eugene Peterson calls it. To your knowledge, self-control, alert discipline, Eugene Peterson calls it. To self-control, perseverance, passionate patience, Eugene Peterson calls it. To perseverance, godliness, reverent wonder, Eugene Peterson calls it. And to godliness, mutual affection, warm friendliness, Eugene Peterson calls it. And to mutual affection, love, 
Generous love, Eugene Peterson calls it. And what we have in this passage in 2 Peter is this. Peter is telling us that we have everything we need from God in order that we might be living in God to bring out the God characteristics into the world that needs to escape corruption. And if we're going to do that, we need to add to our faith, good character, spiritual understanding, alert discipline, passionate patience, reverent wonder, warm friendliness, generous love. These are the things of God. These are the things that God would want of us as we start to live in his likeness. As we start to do all that Peter knew that it was to be a Christian. Not put a hand up at a rally. Not pray a prayer at this point. Those would be quite easy things to do. No, this is the tough one. When Jesus called Peter that first significant time, he said, follow me. Do as I do. Be like me. Let me be your rabbi, your guru. Let me be your mentor. Let me be who you want to become like. Sharing in the divine nature. Escaping from a fallen world. Living with the power and the love of God so working inside us that it tells us further down. In verse 8, we will never be ineffective or unproductive. Or in verse 9, that we'll never be nearsighted or blind. If we become aware that in our lives we're sharing the divine nature. Now, can I share with you, just as we close and come to communion, the frustration of life in a congregation? I'd love us to go through all of those as a congregation. But we preach, and those words just go into the ether. Whether they're good words or bad words, they all go into the ether. The bad ones, I'm glad they go into the ether. The good ones, we need to find a way, and I'm just throwing this out. We need to find a way as a community where we just don't throw sermons out on a Sunday morning. Where we get a chance as a community to think through some of these things as a community. Where we get a chance to stop there and think about that for a period of time before we go on to the next. I'm not sure what that is. Not sure about a lot of things just quite yet, but that's one of them. Maybe that we need to look at the house groups. It may be that we need to look at other ways that we can begin to unpack some of the stuff that we feel we want to be as a congregation. I've gone over my Colossians series because I'm taking it to an SU camp next Sunday. And I'm thinking, those were great ideas. Now, they just were preached and then they were gone. We never even prayed over them. But what if we started to talk to each other about them? Pray with each other about them. Think about them a bit deeper than you get in that sermon time on a Sunday. So if you're going off on holidays this week, if you're staying at home, God has given you everything you need to share in the divine nature and so to escape the corruption of this world that we live in. 
Let us as a community begin to live that, believe that, and reveal that to the world around us. Let's pray. Lord, if we stop to think about some of the verses of Scripture for long enough, it would really blow our minds to think that we could share in the divine nature, that we could live in God, that God would live in us, that there could be connection between the creator of the stars and our frail little lives. But it's what we believe. It's what we've been singing this morning. It's what we've read It's what we've prayed. It's what we'll do now as we come around your table. So we pray, Lord, that you would open the eyes of our hearts to see the potential that you give us by your spirit, by Christ's life and death and resurrection. Lord, free us to live life and all its fullness. In Christ's name, amen.